Time Podcast. This week, we get to interview Dredd for the second time. If you have not listened to his first episode, I recommend going back and checking it out. He has a great story, and he comes to catch up and share more about it today. Welcome to the High Impact Man Podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Okay, welcome to the next episode of the High Impact Man podcast. I'm your host, Nevin Gorky, known as DFib to many of the guys in the F3 world. I'm joined as by Troy Klinger, as always, uh, known as Dial-Up in the F3 world in the gloom. And uh, Dial-Up and I are getting ready for the Blue Ridge Relay in, what is it, about two and a half People weeks? People are like, oh no, they're going to be talking about that for the next couple of weeks again, right? Yeah, but so but we're, we're recording three this, and a half weeks out. Yeah. Yeah, so this should air like right before we go, I think. Yeah. Something like that. A week before, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. Dredd, I know you've uh, run in the Blue Ridge Relay before. It's a, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now, um, have you gotten lost? Because dial-up's two for two. <laughs> two years in a row, he's gotten lost at least once. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's clarify. I got lost <laughs> one time. Yeah. Okay. Let's just clarify. <laughs> I've never been lost. I've just taken wrong turns. Taking wrong turns. Took, right? I've always known where I, I was. Took, <laughs> I took the wrong turn. Yeah. And it was a it was it was a bad one because it took me down it I, I went like a mile and a half down a hill. Oh, and you had to come back Ooh. up? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And had to come back up on a like what was my short leg. Yeah. So I was doing <laughs> I was doing a six man. So, you know, I had six legs. And this was my short one, and it was like two in the morning, and uh, I ended up running next three miles. So I turned it to like from a three to a six or something. But it was yeah, yeah. It was it was bad. And one mile coming back up a hill in the Blue Ridge Relay could Is be five hundred right. feet of elevation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It wasn't so bad going out, coming back. When I realized, because we came across, I've done, I've done this race ten times, uh-huh. and I knew every leg. Uh, but it, we came up on a covered bridge down at the bottom of the where we were up across the river. And I was like, well, and this woman was behind me the whole way. <laughs> she kept yelling, I don't think we're going the wrong way. And I, I kept saying, well, don't follow me. I was like, <laughs> like I, I was fairly certain. And, uh, when we came across the covered bridge, I turned around and, and I was past her going back. She's like, I told you, I told you. I told yeah, of course you did. Of course you told you that. And I said, I told you not to follow me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the worst The worst part is a lot of times that you don't know how far actually you're into the race and like how much yeah. you screwed up. Yeah. Because that's, I know. I, I Some, somebody had uh, moved the sign. Yeah. found out later. Because sure. a bunch of people, a bunch of people took the wrong turn. Yeah. There's, there's some turkeys out there. I only did it yep. once before, and I, I, my night leg, I, I, I was supposed to have a leg with no turns, and I left the exchange zone and ran down this hill, and the road either veered a little bit to the right or it went straight, and like I thought there weren't any turns, so I went straight. It didn't seem right. Turned around, ran back around the, the corner, started going the other way, and then I thought, well, maybe this is wrong, so I've, I turned around to see who's coming behind which way they go, 
And there was a guy and a girl close to each other, and they both went the original way I went. So I ran back up around and around the turn. And then it's the next guy coming down. Hey, you're going the wrong way. So I added about a half a mile to yeah to that leg. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's easy to get lost, especially when people are switching the signs. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that makes it really fun. Yeah. I really didn't have very much excuse. I mean, I'd, I'd done it so many times. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a leg that I maybe had done once, only once before. Yeah. Just some odd leg, and uh, like 21 or 22 or something like that. Yeah. And it got me. Yeah. Well, uh, of all of you listening out there, if you haven't figured out by now, our guest uh, is Dave Redding. He's known as Dread. All um, you guys in F3 land should know him. If you don't, shame on you. So uh, anyway, uh, we had Dread on about a year ago. It was almost right around a year ago. And um, we thought that uh, much like uh, Dark Helmet, it would be really worthwhile bringing him back on to see what he's up to. This has been a much more controlled uh, start. Give it, give it time. <laughs> yeah. Man, we were like off like a rocket ship in yeah. a whole bunch of different directions the last time we had yeah. you on, brother. It was, right. good. It was yeah. good. It's I, all good it's stuff. Funny, I, I, about three weeks ago, I was listening. Uh, three episodes ago, I was listening to the to the, the podcast, and uh, one of y'all said, "Well, something about like I had disappeared from social media, or something. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or I had a low profile or something." And uh, one of y'all said. Well, we should have him back on. I was like, yeah, you should have me back on. I was sitting there <laughs> and here you are, yeah. And I was washing dishes. And uh, I thought about contacting, but I was like, ah, they probably just do that out there. But then, like, shortly thereafter. Yeah, I texted. Uh, Ethan texted me. So, so I guess it was it was on your mind. But I'm, I'm a pretty regular listener well, to the podcast. Well, thank you. We're honored by that. That's awesome. Was it, yeah, I mean, well, uh, I, I want to retweet it, but you guys aren't, you know, your Twitter handle is, is is inactive? I think it's spilled. Or you're not. I don't know how you publicize your show. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm a. I'm not a very good Twitterer. I, uh, in fact, I think somehow I ended up under my wife's name. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened, and she didn't even use it. Um, I don't look at it that often, uh, so I don't have that many followers. So I thought, you know, well, not you personally. The show. Yeah, the uh, show. The show yeah. has a yeah a so. Twitter handle. All right. But we'll get, it doesn't look like it's tweeted in a year or so. Okay. We'll get, we'll get Spiely on that. Yeah, we better get our tech guy on that get one. access to it for but, you. But, I, but even I heard you guys saying, like, in the context of one of the episodes where you weren't active on social media, like it stepped back from social media, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I thought I heard that. Um, well, I know you, we talked I, about, yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say, we talked about DFib had done it for a while, but I think I did, I did reference there for a while. I think you would, you would kind of step back for a little bit. Right. And then, uh, even. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I, I I took three days off last summer because I had a meltdown. I think that's what I was uh, actually referencing was that yeah. little uh, episode. And I decided to uh, uh, put myself in the tomb for three days and see if I was resurrected. <laughs> it was a cooling off period. Yeah. But that actually turned out to be a, ble- a blessing because it, I'm a believer in social media, in particular in Twitter. I mean, it's just too powerful a communication tool yeah. uh, to leave to uh, the toxic elements of our society. And so I was determined to stay off. I said, yeah, uh, I don't have the right temperament for this. You yeah. know, maybe this is the wrong thing for me. And I talked to my shield lock about it. And they said, well, we think you should do it, but we don't think you should. We think you need to construct some, some accountability. Um, and I, so I prayed about it a lot, thought about it a lot, and decided I would get back on. And I set up a program for myself, which is for about a year's work. 
And what it was was that I only get on once a day mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, which is basically right after my workout or usually ends up being after I have a morning whetstone every, every morning. So I, I close the door. I'm usually in my office by then. And I, uh, I pray. I have a piece of scripture for every day about darting the tongue. Um, you know, a lot of Proverbs and James and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I pray and ask the Lord to give me strength. And I put on some, I put on the the message station on uh, XM. Yeah. And I take a deep breath. And I get on, I get on LinkedIn, I get on Facebook, and I get on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Spend about twenty minutes on it, and uh, I found that that it works to do it that way. That for me, it's the best time of day because I'm kind of a morning guy. Mm-hmm. I've got my mind centered. Um, I've asked God to help me guard my tongue and to do, to build people up, and I'm able to resist the temptation uh, to anger. So. I get, I, the original intent, I do it about a month, see if it works, it doesn't work, eh, you know, I'll let somebody else do it. But it, it seemed to work, and it's been about a year since I've had um, one of those meltdowns. I've had probably three Twitter meltdowns, and uh, the first two were COVID-related, and then the third one was not was something different. But yeah. um, I, that's the way I do it. And... Uh, so I guess I guess I'm resurrected. <laughs> yeah, we got a good presence out there, and yeah, good, uh, yeah, good, good content, you know, and good things that you're sharing Trust, out there. I think you know, encouraging. But, but you know, because the the unvirtuous are out there, right? And and people are hearing it, right? And yep. I kind of I pray, uh, you know, about being in the world but not being of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think around the time that I was considering withdrawing for permanently i came across scripture about staying in the fight you know we have an obligation to keep talking that kind of thing yeah and uh as often is where you're praying and you're asking for guidance you bump up to a piece of scripture that gives you the answer and i always say oh that's weird like i don't take that as the answer immediately like right you know, here i'm praying <laughs> what do i do and mm-hmm. actually there was a sermon in in my church about uh jacob uh, wrestling mm-hmm. with God, and uh, and the word dusty apparently is Greek for wrestling or something. And it was about you have to stay dusty, mm-hmm. you got to stay in the fight yeah. in the world, right? Yep. And uh, that happened about the same time. And I said, "Oh, that's a weird coincidence." Yeah, you know, it's not a coincidence at all. You know, yeah. uh, but that that's why I decided to give it another shot. And uh, I feel like that that experience helped me uh, to be more. Um, virtuous in my communications. Yeah, I think that's really good. I had I had a similar sort of experience. It was during the last election, you know, COVID and the election. And I, yep. you know, I, and I, I'm, I think a little bit like you in, in, in similar temperament. And I feel like I could win the argument all the time. You're and a potster. I'm a, yeah, I'm a potster. <laughs> so I, I um, but, you know, I realized that, A, I'm really not changing anybody's mind over these issues. And uh, B, <coughs> Uh, I'm just getting more, you know, upset about it. You know, I just, and, and it's not worth it. So I decided to eliminate everything. So I eliminated, I deleted my Facebook altogether and it's only Facebook that I'm on. I don't really do anything else, right. but, um, 
my packs encouraged me to get back on Facebook in order to promote F3 in our region. Uh, yeah. So I did that. And, but, but during that time off and then restarting, I realized it was really more of a, a reflection of myself, you know, my feelings and what I was, uh, and, and my mishandling of it. Um, it's really, it's really a reflection of, of me rather than everybody else that I, yeah. I should just have some discipline and, uh, and restraint and love, you know? And so, uh, so anyway, I'm back on and I've done, I've been really well behaved on social media have been. so far. Yeah. yeah. So far, but one of yeah. my spiritual gifts is provocation. So <laughs> that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I actually even wrote, you know, I, I wrote something last year, year before about, um, which I called, uh, good carpenters about the idea that each wave of communication, advancement in communication, whether you're talking about even the spoken word or the written word or the yeah. ability to use paper or the Gutenberg press or the fax machine, there's always an advancement in communication because of man's desire to communicate. So we're always, that technology, like the typewriter, I want to have to look up all these things. Mm-hmm. And the, the gap between, say, evolutionally bands has been decreasing. So, you know, it takes like, 80,000 years to get to the written word and then it takes 12,000 years to get to paper, you know, right. and then it takes 2,000 years to get to the 1,700 years to get to the press, right. the Gutenberg press, you know, 500 years to get to the typewriter, you know, and it, but each thing, you know, uh, like when I was in college, I graduated college in 1985, wrote my last term paper, <laughs> you know, on a, on a typewriter, right. yeah. handed the paper in, you know, and then 10 years later, I'm in law school writing a paper on a computer and emailing it to, a, you know, to the professor. And then, you know, now you can essentially write a book on the internet, yeah. which I would basically do and then tweet it out. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and then, but you face people and I do it to myself and say, well, this Twitter thing, you know, this is, this is evil and this is causing all this consternation. It's like, so, so, so said, uh, uh, said um, people uh, in England, you know, when the Gutenberg press appeared. Right. Oh, they're putting the Bible in English. You know? yeah. Sir Thomas More is like, we can't have that. We're going to burn these guys at the stake right? yeah. uh, for putting the Bible in English. It's always the case. And so it's not the technology. It's not the tool. It's the carpenter. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I wrote that, and then I turned around and, and violated it <laughs> right. myself. I was a bad carpenter, Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is ironic, but... Um, it is, it is such a powerful tool for good. When I'm doing it right, I'll have people contact me and say, or I'll just bump into a guy and say, man, that tweet you said the other day, that really got me. I really needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, so I, one thing I do is I don't just, if I have a thought, I, like a thought that I want to share, like an aphorism, I write it down on my iPad whenever it comes to me. But I don't tweet it right away. I just let it sit there. Uh-huh. And I kind of put them in order. So maybe a week and a half later, I come to that one. And I'm like, this was really dumb. Or this is going to be needlessly provocative. It, 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 it doesn't make the point without being provoking. Right. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't do it. So I abandon it. So that, that time lag um, is, has enabled me to use it, I think, more wholesomely. Yeah. And uh, so I, 
that, that's what I, that's what I've ended up doing. I have like about ten ten little things that I do to keep me from yeah. speaking too quickly, too rashly, too provocatively, in a way that's out of the flesh rather than spirit guided, and uh, hopefully that that continues. Yeah, that's that's good discipline and good good uh, uh, ad, uh, advice, and you know, for guys out there who may struggle with that, yeah. that's really good. We we probably well, we should, all do, right? Yeah, yeah. We, all do. we we probably should at this time though make an apology to Elon Musk because we keep calling it Twitter and it's now X. It's X. It's not Twitter. You don't know. It's not Twitter. It's X. Really? Yeah. I guess there's still tweets. We haven't read. I don't know. I think they're X's, but you know, one day, (laughs) you know, because he's trying to 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 fold it into a larger empire, and he just likes the letter X or something. Yeah. Uh, But one day, yeah, it just changed. He he's changed a lot of things. I've noticed because I'm a heavy Twitter user. Uh, There's a lot of features that have changed. Yeah. Some for good, some for not. Uh, or things I don't prefer, I guess. But he's had a huge impact on it. So yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Well, so tell me what what have you been up to since uh, since we spoke to you last year? Because I may be wrong about this, but you don't. I, I know you're on Twitter, but um, I I haven't heard you on a podcast recently. And so um, you know, other than uh, reading your tweets and stuff, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure you're you're. Um, you're exposed as much as you used to be. So tell me what you've been up to. Yeah, I'm far less, uh, active, like I'm on podcasts and stuff. Um, and, uh, I had no real leadership role in F3 other than I'm on the board, Yeah, but you know, we meet quarterly and we just, uh, review what the, the SLT has done, the executive committee. And we just ask a few questions and we do our job, but that, that's all. And I don't take a leadership role on the board. So I have no leadership role an F3 at all um, other than I guess being a positive kind of repeater of the message mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's it man I've kind of I've, I've had a good a year of rest I would say I've also been had a very busy year in the law so mm-hmm. COVID's recession uh, COVID restrictions being re- reduced opened the courts back up and it was yeah. kind of title you know held back and I I was tried more cases in the last year than I, you know, a long time. Yeah. Uh, so I've been very busy there and building the firm up. So, um, that, that's really taken much more of my attention. I've also struggled with, uh, I've had a, a struggle with my hip, mm. which is like, I'm hoping it's not a chronic thing, but it's really kept me from, from doing a lot more boot camps, as many boot camps as I used to. Uh, so I do a lot more, uh, strength-based workouts which, you know, you don't get the big numbers, you know. Uh, so that's just kind of a few changes. Yeah. Are you running? Not really. Yeah. Not really. Do you miss it? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am, I'm hopeful that I'm able to return. Um, I'm a infamously unwilling um <laughs> user of medical services so <laughs> he's a bad patient <laughs> i'm not no I'm, I'm not a bad patient i'm not a patient at all <laughs> like you know yeah. i'm gonna refrain from some of the things that i have not done for fear that people hear this and start telling me i'm crazy <laughs> uh for the conventional wisdom that i have yeah. ignored but finally i went uh to to an orthopedic surgeon and had an extra in my hips, my left one is the one that's bothering me. And he mm-hmm. said, yeah, you got some arthritis, but your right hip is worse than your left. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. 
you know, I've, I've got, I think it's mainly IT band, yeah. but it's, 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 it's just chronic. And, you know, I'm going to be 60 in November and I've had some sciatica and then I caught, I've had uh, plantar fasciitis. Now I have this and it's just been like three waves of, of injuries. I never had in my entire life. I'm getting old, yeah. you know? And, uh, but from a workout standpoint, one cool thing about it is it requires me a door closes and it requires me to do something else. Yeah. So one thing I do now that I would never have done before is I do a lot of work on my core. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I guess what I'm doing is yoga, but I don't do it in a studio. Like I do it off of a, um, kind of a program that builds up your foundation. It's called foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, um, hip work, a lot of glute work, a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah. So like I did it for 40 minutes this morning. I did one particular workout at the end of which I could barely walk. <laughs> um, and I would never have done that before. Yeah. So I don't know. The only way I look at that way when, when I have an injury, I try not to get despondent and just not work out at all. Uh, also it's caused me to really double down on my diet. Yeah. Because you know, I don't, I can't, yeah. I don't have the mild. Right. So, I'm probably I'm probably as healthy from that standpoint as I've ever been. So I don't look at it as a as a, as a huge negative. I do look at it as as a door being closed. I would love to run the cooler toilet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I for me, I've you know people listening to this podcast know I'm not a a, a good runner. And I've, I've, I've heard you say that. Yeah, <laughs> I've said that. You know, there are runners and there are guys that run. I'm a guy that runs. But but and I I don't I can't tell you if I've ever actually enjoyed a run. You know, it, they all hurt. Um, but, but when I, I injured my back, I ruptured a disc and I, and a a back that I had surgery on in the past and I couldn't run. And then after my, I had another operation in February, a two level fusion in my lumbar spine. And yeah, I heard you you talk about that. Yeah. And I couldn't run and, and you know, darn it, I missed it. And I'm not sure exactly why I missed it. I think I miss, um, the physical, physiologic benefit, right? The physical benefit of it. I definitely missed that. I also miss being with the guys doing yep. it uh, and, and having the opportunity to do something like the Blue Ridge Relay or whatever. Um, right. But I also, there's some psychological benefit for uh, to it for me. I, uh, I don't know if it's just the endorphins or if it's doing something hard or whatever, but I, but I missed it. And I'll, part of it is also like, you know, you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to be upset. So, uh, yep. so I'm running. I, I'm not sure it's the <laughs> wisest thing for me to do because I still have some degenerative uh, levels above the fusion, which are okay right now, but, uh, right. running isn't the greatest idea, but, uh, but darn it. I, you know, I, I want to do it. And I, I, I have a very hard time keeping my weight down and run, uh, without running. If I'm not running about 10, 12 to 15 miles a week, the struggle of to, to, to get weight off and to keep it off is really difficult for me. If I go to the gym yeah. and I hit the weights, I could try to be as strict as I can with my diet. I put on weight and it's not all muscle. I just right. end up eating more. I mean, I, I mean, it's a weakness for me, but it's a real thing. And I've gone over it over again, but that's why I asked you if you missed it because, because I missed it when I couldn't do it. And now I'm, yep. you know, I, we had come back. This isn't about me, but um, I'll finish my story. It's all right. You know, I wanted to do the blue Ridge when <laughs> yeah. I had the surgery. You know, if you Google it, if you have a lumbar fusion, you're not supposed to even start running for six months, which would have been September. 
So he which, wasn't going to do it. Which, so I wasn't going to do it. Then but he was going to do one leg. Then I'm I was jumping gonna, in. I'll just tell the story for you. At, yeah, then I was running at 10 weeks. Uh, yeah, the, I'll run I'll run one leg. And we're like, okay, well, we'll just say that you had to drop out and we'll shift our rotation. Yeah. yeah. Then he's running two legs. Right. And late breaking news, he's now running three legs. Yeah, I'm just doing it. I don't care. <laughs> so I'm just doing it. We got, yeah. We got, yeah, we got a big 12-man team. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a day-to-day guy, man. If, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, so I, I still I feel your pain. I do actually miss. I do enjoy running. Uh, you know, I'm not a great runner either, but uh, I, I, I just feel like it's a. It's. I always feel better when I do it. Yeah, I, yeah. Have you, tri- have you tried biking ever? Yeah, I do not. Don't I, enjoy to it. To me, well. Have you tried? My, I, uh, go, go ahead. I, I just I don't like the culture. I'll be honest. So. I used to, you know, when F3 was much younger, I was famously hostile to it to the point where I would make guys crazy mad at me. This is when, you know, F3 was really I'm small. guessing like, you're talking I, about roadies too, right? Yeah. I mean, I used to mountain bike. Okay. Because uh, yeah, you know, roadies but, and mountain biker, they're like totally two different cultures yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't have any interest in, in cycling, although uh, I am uh, far less critical of other people that, that do it but than I used to be, but. I don't, I don't want to do it. And the joke would be around here is that uh, if you saw me swimming or cycling, you knew that I'd finally given up. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it like the difference between snowboarders and skiers? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, kind of like that. So which one are the mountain bikers? They're like the snowboarders? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I'd kill myself if no, I mountain part, part of it is I'm not mechanically inclined. Yeah. And one of the really reasons I stopped mountain biking was I hated having to repair the bike and all that stuff. And uh, it just aggravated me, you know? And uh, so I know that I would be uh, all the gear. Yeah, I don't like a lot of gear. So all the gear cyclists have, I just, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I've just got back into mountain biking. And it, it, one, it reminds me that like, hey, I only do it usually once a week, maybe twice a week. I get together with some guys. Um, it, it takes so much longer. Yep. You know, it's like it's like an hour and a half to get in the same yep. type of workout that I would get, you know, like in a five or right. six mile run in like a half the time. Right. And the other thing is like the new the new mountain bikes anymore. Like I, I was just talking to the guys about this the other day when we were riding. I'm like, so do you guys like work on your own bikes or like do you all take it to the shop? And they're like, heck no. I like everything goes to the shop to get worked on because yeah. the new the new yeah. bikes just there's so many more pieces and parts. Right. And they're so much more technical than what they used to be. Like I used to like rip my whole bike apart and put it back together, you know, a couple times a year to keep right. it tuned up and clean. And I don't, I don't know that I would do that with the, with the new bike that I have. Cause I, it might not go back together the way that it's supposed to. You know what, to. You, know what happens, yeah. you know what happens when you're, when you're running instead of mountain biking? What's that? Unless you get hit by a car, you're probably not going to have a bro- bone breaking injury. True. True. I, I see the mountain bike paths. I'd kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some close calls already. I'm, I'm probably, I, I probably wouldn't start mountain biking again for fear of breaking something. Yeah. You know, it takes so much longer to, to, uh, when I started mountain biking, believe it or not, when I was in Germany, stationed in Germany, we didn't even wear helmets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how crazy reckless we were, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I remember when I got transferred to Fort Bragg, I was at Fort Bragg and guys were wearing helmets. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll wear a helmet. But think about that. It's nuts. Yeah. We fall, we fell all the time too. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I also believe about running that, particularly running in the dark uh, on trails and stuff like that. It's really good for your brain. Yeah. I'm, I'm a believer of that. 
pay, have to pick your way through and all that stuff. So I, 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 I really want to get back to it. So, you know, I pray every day, yeah. pray that the Lord, uh, blesses me with healing and the spiritual gifts that come from suffering and, uh, puts me back out there, uh, mission capable whenever he's ready to do it. Yeah. Uh, I certainly have received, I have received spiritual gifts because I have suffered. So, uh, <laughs> suffered in a very small, suffered in a very small way. Right. Yeah. I hear you, man. It's it's a constant adjustment as we get older. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely sure. Yeah. All right, I got to I got to give you a little bit of encouragement or something like that. Um, we just interviewed a guy that's gonna. We're actually gonna drop his episode tomorrow because he his he's lube F three lube from St Louis area. He uh, is. This is the fourth year he's doing it. They're they're raising money for a place called the Covering House, which is a, a mission that helps. Uh, children, young people, young kids that uh, have been involved in sex trafficking and that kind of stuff, they, they can, once they get out of it, they could come there and they help them to, uh, to get back their childhood, basically. And that's, Man, that's yeah, it is. And that's starting on this su- coming up Sunday. Now, when this airs, it'll be over. But, but this coming Sunday, from the time we're recording this, it's going to start. And it's a week-long thing where you record your miles. So you just register and record miles. And there's a guy that's donating a dollar per mile right, yeah. and stuff like that yeah, and uh, raising money and that kind of thing. So, But um, his F3 story is that he, jo- he went to his first beatdown uh, in 2020 and uh, GMO, you know, you probably know GMO from out in St. Louis. No, very well, yeah. Uh, GMO gave him, on his first beatdown, he handed to him the book Freed to Lead, and he read Freed to Lead, and that was one of the things that uh, motivated him to get involved in this in this mission. So, Well, I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, I thought you'd like to hear that. That that That's great yeah, stuff. I, so. Yeah, yeah. It was good. That's, that, that's what it was designed to do. Yeah. yeah. It was designed... For a guy to be able to pick it up, uh, I actually heard this on uh, Bones' podcast. Uh, yeah, had a guy it. was middle, yeah, it was middle of Georgia someplace. Yeah, can't remember some town in Georgia. Yep, uh, way across or something like that. Uh, and didn't have F three. He's eighty pounds overweight. Went out of his way to figure it out. Got some guys to come from making or whatever and yeah. get him going. And but read free the lead, and that you know that helped him understand what it was all about. I mean, and I, I was. Stand in my kitchen, listen to that, washing dishes, and I was like, "Oh man, that's OBT would love to hear that. That's that's the greatest. That that's why we wrote the book. Yeah. So that so you didn't need to hear it from me. You didn't need to hear. You know, you, you could sit there and write, read it, and say, okay, you know, if, if this these knuckleheads could do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, recording that last episode as I was sitting here and you know listening to his his story, that's what I was thinking. It's like you know we we need to do a better job, and we do at times like promoting mm-hmm. our packs to read that book. Yeah, um, and I know a lot of the guys have, but there's definitely a lot that that haven't because man, that it just it hits you right. Yeah, I mean it, it's like that book was written about you and uh, like it tells you things about yourself that you didn't didn't know, didn't recognize, and, and yeah. didn't, didn't. I was listening to a, a another not an F three podcast today, but. Do you guys happen to see this thing on the Washington Post about there's some group for men to cure loneliness and they kind of lie around yeah. on this porch and some kind well, of yogi well, you, guy? You tweeted it and you were right, just right, right, be, before right before yeah. Dallas showed up, I read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I happen to listen to a, a, a not F3 podcast where the guy was, uh, you know, the guy that did the uh, What is a Woman thing? No. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. So he did this documentary, What is a Woman? He just wandered around oh, to different yeah. places. Yep. And he said, what is a woman? 
Well, he'd act, and nobody could, nobody could tell him, right? Anyway, same guy. So uh, he's unpacking this thing. He read it more carefully than I did, and said that men. He said men don't. The weakness then is that, that men don't fellowship the yeah. way women do. That this is the way women fellowship. Right. Men go hunting, fishing. They do something. Right. You know that's what he said. Uh, and I and uh, I thought, man, that's that's like really right out of free to leave. Yeah. Like he's almost paraphrasing it. Uh, and then I said, well, of course it is because we didn't make all that stuff up. It's just it's it's just a truism, right? Right. This loneliness thing was real. I I kind of think F three was a little ahead of the curve, you know, mm-hmm. identifying it because it's, uh, identifying the problem. Uh, I, I definitely think we we were ahead of it, and and now, you know, the media has discovered it, yeah. and colleges have discovered it. And I love to hear them talk about it. Like, if only there was a way, <laughs> some method to help men that are in middle age and they don't they're suffering from lack of purpose. That's what he said. Yeah, they don't have a purpose. Right. You know? Lack of purpose. They're suffering from lack of purpose. And they don't. They're not in good shape, and they don't know what they're. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's a way. I mean, I don't know how we're going to get it. Uh, you know, there's a way, and it's probably probably happening right in your neighborhood. But right, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And uh, it's uh, um, it's free for Pete's sake. It's free. It's free, and nobody's benefiting. You know, nobody's trying. Nope. You know, we're 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 evangelizing, for lack of a better word, about this, not to gain anything ourselves. Right? right. It's like, right. yeah, it's free, right. dude. Come on out. That, that's always when we were building the thing up was always a shocking response we get from people. They're like, so, you know, there's a fee or something like, no. Yeah. Like, well, how do you guys fund? I said, they just got in the car and drove out or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that was, I think a big selling point, a passive selling point, you know, right. when people realized that we weren't after anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, my goodness. And it's as simple as can be. Right. It's, right. It, and that's that's the genius of it, right? Most most genius things are simple. 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 You yeah. know, on the faith aspect, you know, there was always well, you guys just want to evangelize this and, and uh converse into Christianity. I'm like you know, I'm a Christian, so my mission is to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh whether or not any individual is affected by that is not my mission. Yeah. It's not my responsibility. So, I mean, when we talk about faith, we just mean a belief of something outside yourself so that you're not self-reliant because self-reliance destroys fellowship, right? Fellowship with, with the creator. Yeah. And however you want to view that um, is, is up to you. I think that was disarming to people, too. I think they kept waiting for that other shoe to drop. Right, yeah. Um, and what they say to me, well, are you saying that I shouldn't be a Christian? I'm like, no, I think you should be. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you why if you want to know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you why if you don't want to know. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's different uh, for different parts of the world that you probably heard us say this, but you know, in North central Pennsylvania, we're so homogenous. We're all white and Christians basically. Yeah. And, right. and I know, I don't know about you and you might disagree, but like for me, like I, I want more diversity you know, in our group, like I, I want some Jewish guys to show up. I want some more non-believers to show up, not sure. not so that I can evangelize to them. If if they start asking and inquiring and wondering, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be excited to share and ready right. and ready to share. But I want them to come just to make themselves better. Yeah, you know, be better men. 
whatever that yeah. whatever that looks like for them like yep. it, no matter what their religion is like let's make them a better man and then ultimately you know if they ask me about my religious beliefs uh then yeah i'm gonna share mm-hmm. and right. uh but certainly not force it upon them right amen and right. Of all, oh. we, we talked to a lot of people on the podcast and almost every almost every guy's a christian but but almost every guy will tell will will say that f3 has helped increase their faith in some way or another whatever whatever that their faith, faith might be yeah. right yeah Exactly. And encouraging men to be better, whatever they are. You know, in Q-Source, I say, if you're a Bob, if you're going to be a Bob Dylan spiritualist, be the best dang Bob Dylan spiritualist. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, so, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not resistant to, because Dark Helmet is a non-Trinitarian Christian. Right. And he and I met today, as a matter of fact, and he was explaining to me because his daughter, his eldest daughter is getting married uh, next week. And the difference between a Trinitarian wedding and a non-Trinitarian wedding are stark. And I didn't know that. Uh, and he was explaining it to me. And I, endlessly fascinating. You know, uh, it, 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 every once in a while he'll say, and he gave me a Book of Mormon. I, I've read parts of it. And, uh, it, you know, we'll talk about it um, and, you know, critique, you know, both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, that's the strength of it, right? I mean, I've learned a lot about the, really what the fastest growing religion in the world. I mean, say what you want. Uh, I you know I'll have guys say to me, you know, Mormons are not Christians. I'm like, I think that's a pretty heavy judgment, man. You know, uh, they certainly believe some things differently than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't see anything to be gained uh, between men in pointing fingers at each other and saying, well, you're going down the wrong path. And now this is a weird distinction. But if I say, look, I think that uh, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except for him. If right. I say that, yeah, somebody, somebody could rightly say, well, doesn't that mean that if I'm not a follower of Jesus, I can't get to the father. I'm saying, that's what I believe. Yep. So you're telling me that I'm consigned to hell. And I say, of course not. You know, well, how could those two things be true? It's because there's many things in life that are inexplicable. Like I have no idea. You know, I only I can only tell you what I believe and why I believe it. Uh, but for me to tell you your beliefs are wrong, I can I can tell you that I don't believe they're true. Uh, but I, I I you know I love engaging in those conversations. So yeah, I I want diversity of thought and opinion if for no other reason than it forces me to make my argument in support of being a Christian that much better and sharper. Yeah. Because if there's a hole in it, you know, I, I'm not going to see it myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got to practice it. So there's, there's a good positive reason to bite in uh, diverse thought. Yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, you mentioned Q source um, for those that don't know, uh, dread was the author of Q source, which is in my opinion, the best, book on leadership I've ever read. It's written like a... You're absolutely right. Your opinions are correct. Sir. <laughs> uh, it's written like an army manual. And so maybe that's one of the appeals to me. I don't know. But um, but my question for you is, uh, if you, you know, looking back now and, you know, you, you wrote it, all that stuff, is there anything that you would add or change about it now? Yeah, that's a great question. So and I've, I've been asked that uh, a few times. So... Uh, my, my, my beliefs on the queen 
mm-hmm. have evolved. So uh, essentially, I think the scent and clean being, you know, uh, uh, this one of what you put in your body, basically what you eat. Right. At the time I wrote the Q-Source five or six years ago, whenever it was, at least that chapter, because it's actually a comp, uh, you know, kind of a compilation of things I wrote over several years that I ultimately edited and turned into that. But my belief was that food, all food was really more or less the same. Yeah. The key was how much you ate. Right. So, like, I, I was not a believer in paleo or, you know, one food being bad or another. I said, look, if it's on earth, God made it. Yeah. So the problem is not whether or not it's wholesome. The problem is how much of it you're eating. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that anymore. Uh, I've been persuaded that a lot of the food, most of the food that we eat is so highly processed and scientifically designed to addict us to things that are not good for us. Uh, that I, I no longer believe that that focusing just on calories isn't sufficient, which guys used to argue with me about this all the time, uh-huh. you know, and I say, bud, you eat 3000 calories of kale any better or worse off than I am. If I eat 3000 calories of peanut m M&M. I mean, it's just, it's harder to eat 3000 calories of kale. So you're probably going to be thinner. <laughs> right. Uh, but I don't, I don't believe that at all uh, anymore. So if I was going to rewrite any portion of it, uh, I would I would address that that portion and say yes there there are some things that are uh, ultimately detrimental and you know it's funny I came to that conclusion by not being able to work out and have to really dig into my diet and learn yeah. about it yeah and then you know and I would go back and read some of these old like Jack Lane or something Jack Lane basically did the same thing I mean he had very a very restricted diet didn't eat carbs you know so I think processed carbs sugar that's the big problem we have, uh, those things. And of course, uh, alcohol, I think we all drink. People who do drink, drink a lot more than they would admit or do admit. So if you did a, a survey and said, you know, how much do you drink? Well, I drink, you yeah. know, two, two times a week and I drink two beers or whatever. I, drink. I think it's, it's people grossly underreport on that. Well, you know, in uh, medical school and PA school, which I went to, they teach you that you double whatever people tell you. Right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, so, and, uh, I, so I think that alcohol consumption, uh, and processed carbs mm-hmm. and, uh, sugar, that that's just killing us. Yeah. So, so I, I, I feel differently about that. Yeah. Have you, have you transitioned to more of a, like a low carb diet or just uh, cut out the, the processed? So carbs? I wish I could say transition in the sense that, well, here, there I was, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm fighting through it <laughs> now, but I am um, no no processed carbs. Um, meat, as pure meat as I can get, you know, beef, yeah. chicken. Um, I don't like fish, but I would eat fish if I liked it. Vegetables, nuts, um, and basic and fruit, basically berries, bananas, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and 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 nothing and nothing else really. Um, no legumes, not, no peanuts. So that's that's what I do now. Now, that's I'm not saying that an individual guy couldn't say, "Well, I can eat peanuts and be good." I, I just I have figured out what works for me. Yeah. And that if I when I stray for it from it, which I you know I do periodically, 
uh, and I get the exact result that I would expect. Yeah. I start gaining weight. I start having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, the Garmin telling me what my sleep score has been a huge thing because I can tell. You know, it tells you. You know, you're not. I'm not. I'm not getting enough deep sleep, and I think it's directly related to food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm much deeper into the idea of the queen as being critical, not just from a portion standpoint, but from a quality of, of food standpoint. Yeah. And I, the, the other thing, which I don't address at all, and I, a lot of guys would be surprised because I fought it for a long time, was sleep itself. Mm-hmm. Is I've always thought that the conventional wisdom on sleep far overemphasized how much sleep you need and that, you know, fighting through fatigue is just what we do. Right. And that, and I, I, I do not believe that anymore. I actually think sleep is an extremely important component. And I think lack of sleep or lack of sufficient sleep contributed to my gesture uh, of anger yeah. is that, you know, I would, um, uh, I would I would be much more likely to go off on an anger tirade when I was tired. And I have to look back on it and admit that. Yeah. But that that's true. So are you saying that Grow Ruck should have a nap period in the middle of them? <laughs> 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 just kidding. Well, just kidding. No, no. Well <laughs> depriving you of something that you need, whether it's food, you know, something that's helpful yeah. and wholesome for food semester, sleep, right. is a big is a big part of grow up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, so having <laughs> to operate without being in a, in a in a perfectly balanced state, I think, is a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. We uh, um, I was same as you in regard to sleep. I didn't realize the imp- I knew it was important, but I didn't realize how important it was until I read Peter Peter Atia's new book. I think it's called Outlive Chapter. On yeah, sleep. somebody. It's funny, somebody was talking to me about that today. It's the first time I heard of it. That's yeah. twice. Somebody yeah. When it's three times, I'll usually pick, pick it up. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I mean, it's worth reading. It's it's almost textbookish. So, so there's a lot of uh, detailed science in there and studies and stuff. But um, but this this chapter on sleep is the one that really had the, the uh, I think I learned the most from. The rest of the stuff I sort of yeah. knew. But, um, right. but yeah, the importance of sleep and, and the stuff that happens in your body when you're sleeping. Uh, the the benefits that occur when you go to sleep are just are I'll bet you ninety nine percent of the public just don't know just doesn't know about it. Yeah, there's but, good research yeah. out there on athletes that the single highest predictor of injury in athletes is is sleep. Oh, I didn't and know whether that. they're getting enough of it or or, or not yeah, enough. It makes sense. And, uh, yeah, the ones that the ones that don't get adequate sleep are the are the athletes. Well, one of the things that happens when you sleep when you go into deep sleep you get this restorative process in your body. And I think if you don't get that and you're an athlete and you're constantly breaking down your muscles and stuff and, yep. and that's probably at risk for injury. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yep. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, part of my military background, you know, is what put me in this mindset. We say, you know, fatigue is weakness, sleep is a crutch. Right. And, uh, because we had to operate, you know, without sleep a lot. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that was a problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've carried that out and carried that through to the point where I'm, I guess I'm, pro- I'm I'm pretty judgy about it. You know, I've gotten judgy about it, and and on um, to the point where I, I thought, you know, I was somewhat hostile to people that would be promoting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a guy would miss a workout and say, "I'm like, where were you?" Uh, and he'd say, "You know, I was. I needed to get. I didn't get enough sleep, so I didn't. I didn't come." And I'd be like, "Dude, that's the worst excuse I could ever heard. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that one anymore. Yeah. I mean, if I don't." 
I will. I have. I've. I've bailed out of some workouts, um, because I didn't get enough sleep, which yeah. I never would have done before. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the older we get, I think the more important it is too. I mean, it's it's detrimental to you no matter what age you are, but the older we get the harder it is for us to get the restorative sleep yeah. and, uh, and, and the more important it is because we don't heal as quickly. We don't bounce back as quickly. And, yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Right. Um, so I'm, that, that would be, I might, I might even have a chapter on that if I was going to do it again. Yeah. Anything else um, that you would add or change? There's some things that are topical, you know, cause I tried to make it not topical, but, um, for instance, I think that in the last quadrant, you know, about uh, leaving right, you know, about building legacy mm-hmm. and how you uh, keep your organization missional. I, I use some examples from uh, Colin Kaepernick's kneeling, flag kneeling thing, which, I mean, that's already dated. Right, People yeah. forgot about it. Yeah. That, so there's a couple things. And if I went back and looked at it, I said, oh, I need to update maybe take this out, take out a topical thing and use a more, right. you know, historical example. Um, but I think maybe I would do that. Then again, maybe not. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't spend a lot of time thinking about that. So with all these questions and thoughts, have you, have you thought about doing a second edition similar to free to lead? Um, you know, I'm kind of waiting. I, I, I wrote two things that I just put on my website and one of them was called minivan centurion, yeah. which is, um, basically about what, what is a man's responsibility, you know, to protect his family, be an asset. I think we talked about that last night. Yep. And the other thing is uh, what, I, what I call zebra chalky. And that's um, how people react to chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you are tend towards control, you try to control it. And chaos being uncontrollable circumstance. If you tend towards adaptation, you adapt to it. And then, where, how you're hardwired there governs a lot of how the way you see the world. Yeah. So if it's, if, co- if COVID was chaotic, the adapter said, you know, I still got to make a living. Mm-hmm. I still have to set, you know, all these things, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And controlling the spread of it isn't the way to do it. Yeah. It's just going to go where it goes. Yeah. Whereas the controlling mindset would say, well, let's mask up and not leave the house and all that stuff. And uh, probably it was COVID that put my those ideas in my mind. So I've been thinking about putting that together and turning it into a book. Um, but other than that, I don't really have any strong ideas right now. I have a book I wrote about how to run a litigation practice, but I just only give it to lawyers to work for me. Maybe someday I'll publish that. I don't know. Cool. So but as far as writing, I've been writing anything lately. So while we're talking about books and dreads writings, yeah. Should we ask the question that our PAX has been Oh yes! Oh <laughs> we, my god! We gosh. can't forget we, that yeah, topic. We, we would have failed we, we, them miserably. We have to clarify something, and I <laughs> and I think the the answer is it doesn't really matter. But yeah, but um, so at the beginning of every beatdown, whoever is the Q uh, recites the five core principles and the mission statement. Oh, that's great! And one of our guys who is not even a whole year in, uh, uh, less a little bit less yeah, than a year, a little, little less than a year, yeah. And he's one of the physicians at the hospital. Great guy, but uh, I'll give him a shout out, Aquaman. Totally, so, he, he's all in, man. Yeah, he's, he's oh my gosh. Awesome it's it's hard to find a, an, an empty queue on the queue schedule because he fills it up so much. But um, but when he recites the mission statement, he says it's for the reinvigoration of male community leadership. Yeah. And he says yeah. that because in the second edition of Freed to Lead, it says reinvigoration. 
but in the <laughs> but everywhere else, including the website, it says invigoration. So and the, the, uh, sorry, the funny thing was is like we we let it go for the longest time. It yeah. didn't say anything. Yeah. And then finally one of us said something. It's like, all right, I can't let this go anymore. And like we we corrected him and he's like, Well, no. He goes and he goes, It's reinvigoration in the book. And we're like, What are you talking about? Right. And lo and behold, you guys have it him was. on? Is there an episode with him? No, no we haven't we had haven't Aquaman had him on, on yet. yet. No. no. Maybe somebody had him on another podcast or something, but because that I've heard that before. So there's an answer to that question. So when um, we, we wrote the mission statement, OBT and I, he and I had a, a difference of opinion. And uh, we, we, act, we, have some, we don't see the world exactly the same way, which is good. And I think it made the, made the thing stronger. And um, my my opinion was that there was a time in American history where male community leadership was invigorated mm-hmm. or vigorous, I guess what you'd say, yeah. was vigorous. That men in the community took strong leadership roles. They saw it as their duty and obligation, and uh, they did so. I wasn't so much referring to the 50s or any particular, you know, uh-huh. like some idyllic period. Just that in the past, male community leadership was not as dormant as it is now. And because of that, my view was that our purpose should be to reinvigorate it because it once was vigorated. OBT did not share that view. So I did not. I, I, I said, well, okay. I mean, it gets us to the same place. Mm-hmm. And he was more or less the guy doing the website. So I think that's why on the website it probably says invigorated. Yeah. Yeah. But I wrote that section of, of free to lead. And I think it probably says reinvigorate there. I always say reinvigorate. Um, although sometimes I'll, I think probably I don't. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I saw that as one of those distinctions without a big enough difference to have it matter. Right, yeah. And also realize that, you know, when we're bouncing up guys who see the world differently and are disturbed by the idea that in the past men would be better leaders. And yet in the past we had ills that we all agree today needed to be eradicated. So mm-hmm. for instance, if in the fifties, because of Jim Crow, or whatever, you know, black people faced tremendous racial discrimination in some parts of the country, which they certainly did. Mm-hmm. Then to say that we, the male leadership was better than causes some guys a problem, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't want, I don't want to have that fight because I don't think it needs to be fought. Mm-hmm. So that that's where that's usually where that where that comes up. In fact, that was the source of my meltdown last year. Yep. As soon as you mentioned I'm like that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Because we had had this wacko incident in Charlotte where somebody had thought a particular gas had leaked, but it hadn't. And because of that it's like alarm bells went off and they, they shut down the whole city and they closed the courthouse. They had a bunch of crazy stuff. 
And I was very critical of that and said, because, you know, there's just, what are we going to do? I forget what it was, methane or something. And, and I said, you know, man, we've become so soft. What would somebody in 1850 say or something like that? Just pick the year, yeah. you know, where we, we were outdoors. We had to work with our hands, you know. And I'm a Yankee, so I grew up in the North anyway. I wasn't thinking of the Yankee Bell and South. Yeah, yeah I, I just wasn't. And some guy from the guy got me going from South Carolina said something about, responded to me about, well, that, you know, those were slave owners. And like, I said, well, what do you, what difference does that make? And he goes, well, there's nothing valuable from that time period. And I thought he was calling me a racist. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he was or not. I think there's a pretty good argument that he was not. Um, and maybe I was just spoiling for a fight. But I was bound and determined. I was bound and determined to make him say it. You know, <laughs> like it. You know, I'll I'll argue with you, but I'm not going to argue with you if you don't have the sack to say you're a racist. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what it was. Which is how stupid could that be, right? Yeah. And there, there was definitely I mean, some I, tones, right, to uh, atone to his yeah. his tweets that that's what he was accusing you of. It sounded so, like it, yeah. and I I think that right up, pretty close to being a racist, as far as sins go, is accusing a guy of being a racist yeah. without sufficient evidence. Yeah, or maybe even doing it at all. I mean, so to say, well, some somebody says a statement, he said, I think that's some racism in that. I know you're not a racist. And he didn't mean it that way, but here's how somebody might take that. I'm fine with that all day long. That's what we should do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to say you said this, Buster, you're a racist. That that to me is part of what's prop in the problem in this country. Yeah. Is we're so quick to demonize each other and to to take a sin once committed and have that be a person's essence, right? Yep. So, you know, uh, that that's just there, there's no biblical basis for that and that's that's what got me going on that occasion i look back on it i'm like that was really immature of me <laughs> it must have been the sleep thing see if i had it right see up, if you were sleeping better yeah he didn't get any yeah. sleep his hip had been bugging on yeah. him yeah, he, I, ate, you know, he ate nuts <laughs> I, I, yeah exactly i was eating carbs but i i i also realized this by the end of last summer you know i, I Overall, I want to say that my leadership through COVID, if I had to give myself a score, is no higher than a C. And I many times violated my own leadership rules and my own principles many times. And I look back on it and I just, I have to take it as a learning experience, but heck, it's almost like, you know, you develop this philosophy by which you say you're going to live your life and then you're tested. And then I, I did, I'm not going to give myself a D, but certainly a C. Could could anybody? So I didn't do very well. Could anybody get better than a C though? There was no there was no textbook to study from. You know, I, like, yeah. I mean, right? thank you, but I, I was, I did something that I never thought I would do, which is I wrote people off. I wrote them off. Yeah, and thankfully. Uh, mainly because my shield lock and and other guys, I I wrote them back on. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't 
I'm not yeah. that, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. But, um, I, I really did. I, I did exactly what I'm accusing that guy of in a sense. It's like someone who was more fearful or had a different understanding of something. And I, and I said, okay, that guy has bad judgment. Yeah. That, that guy is, is weak. I don't, I can't rely upon him anymore. And I'm talking about friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, friends. And uh, I, re- I really, I, that doesn't take a, 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 um, a guidebook to know. I mean, that was wrong. That was wrong. Yeah. I was, you know, I think that time is, was trying for everybody in so many ways. I think it exposed a lot of um, problems, uh, personal, personal, you know, for each person, but also yeah. as a society and, you know, you know, all about this stuff. But, um, and I think, you know, I hope somebody said recently, I think it was our pastor at a, uh, in our elders meeting this week, he said something about, or maybe it was one of the other elders. Anyway, he said that I, I, this is a, basically, he didn't say it this way, but that is basically, it was a huge paradigm shift. COVID has changed the world and we're never going back to mm-hmm. completely what it was before. And I don't know if that's true or not, but, yeah, you know, hopefully, so. hopefully we learn, you know, lessons from that and, and, right and are ready to react better, you know, in the future. And hopefully we could sort of take what, what was really good about our reaction, like, you know, um, ability to be flexible in, in how you need to accomplish things and stuff like that and get rid of the bad stuff. But, uh, anyway, but it's, it's scary because people were, well, I don't, it's not about COVID. We'll move on from that. Hey, with Dresden, we never know where things are going to go. So this is fine. (laughs) Well, no, it's, it's it's good um, stuff, but it showed me a part of a a hole in my leadership, which is that there's areas of my knowledge base, like my D2X, that I'm absolutely prideful and arrogant. So I, I, when it comes to like issues of whether or not, something is legal mm-hmm. or constitutional. I just, I, I mean, I would just, in my mind, I might not say it, but I would think this person is actually below me. That's just pure pride. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to engage with this guy yeah. because uh, um, I got, I, there was one particular doctor who was friends with and friends with again, doesn't live here, who was very aggravated by my statements about, Regardless of whether, say, masking, I think it was masking, I've got it under his skin on, whether masking is effective, it's not my point. My point is that it's not legal. There's no legal basis yeah. for the, the our county health director to force us to wear masks. Like, it, the, the emergency is no longer, this is a year in. I said, that it's no longer really. And this guy would say, like, just wear your damn mask and stop being such a rebel. Yeah. And, uh, so something like that, I, I held it against him deeply. So a year goes by and, um, he asked me to come out to work out and leave the workout. Yeah. Actually, I had another guy asked me and I said, Nope. Mm. He goes, you're refusing to go lead a workout. I said, I won't lead a workout for him. And he asked me why. And this is a guy who totally agrees with me. On every, and I, I told him, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so you're gonna, you're just not gonna go. I just shame me into it. Yeah. So I go out there, and uh, before the workout, he comes up to me, and I was kind of standoffish to him. 
Mm-hmm. And he, he says, well, thanks for coming. I said, well, kind of shocked that you invited me. And he knew what I was talking about. He goes, why do you say it? I said, well, you actually hold my opinion in a little regard and you want to say so publicly. And he said, well, but I was really upset. And I kind of laughed at myself in that moment. So of course he was. <laughs> I mean, he's working in a hospital, you know, and it's just different. I just didn't think of the way he saw it, you yeah, know. Totally different. And I realized how poor, how poor a leader I was to just dismiss this guy, just because he had gotten upset, you know. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's poor, just poor, poor leadership. Well, I think it's, it's really big of you to admit it. You know, you admit it on a podcast here. I mean, that's very vulnerable. I know you don't like that word, but it's a... (laughs) (laughs) How about transparent? Transparent. There you go. Very transparent of you to to do that. So, but it's still... So you sure you're not on Twitter? You seem to know all the stuff that I said. (laughs) Dude, I got like, I got like three people I follow and you're one of them. All right. And I read it it like once a week. I thought you weren't on there at all. Okay. okay. Uh, I I, I look at it. I I never know what to do with the darn things. I don't know... (laughs) All right, we gotta. I'll send you like a. X, I need a tutorial, X, not Twitter right. X one hundred and one. Yeah, X. I need an like X one hundred and one. Yeah. He did. T- he did tweet about carbs today too. The carbs, oh. porn, and there's okay. a third okay. thing. Okay, so so what was, the, what was the third thing? That. Carbs, the, porn, and something carbs, else. Carbs, pharma, pharma, pharma. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I watched Painkiller. Did you guys watch that? No. no. About COVID? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, let's let's not go down that rabbit hole. So, no, Painkiller. Yeah. It's a documentary that's out there. Yeah. Well, no, it's a drama. It's on Netflix. Oh. But it's about the the the, the co- about uh, Purdue, you know, and COVID. Oh, called Purdue and uh, and uh, Oxy. Ah, okay. Which, yeah. It's heroin. It's a heroin skittle. I didn't know that. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, all narcotics are. It's, it's just narcotics. Yeah, I don't. You know. Dude, I don't. I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't well, go to. The, I, but here, I haven't had a physical in ten years. I've never had a colonoscopy. I'm 60 yeah. years old. Yeah, well, you should do so that. So I know all your listeners are going to tell me you're insane. Well, you're going to get you're going to you're going to get eaten alive, man. When people listen to this, that's all right. I, I it's like I, I I absolutely did not know what I, I just thought it was like Vicodin or something. I mean, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. Anyway, it's 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 a big problem, but. Uh, you know, the, the, Every single guy I who uh, so I'm four, I'm sixty, youngest guy next to guy's forty. Everybody else is thirty and, and twenty in my office. Uh-huh. All of them take Adderall. They all do them. really. All of them, not wow. the forty year old. All the other guys take, wow. take Adderall. Yeah, that's, that's huh. it's speed, right? Yeah, it's isn't that illegal? No, it's, it's illegal. It's it's a it's a prescribed. Prescript, they get it prescribed. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They go to their doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I, it's. Huh. You know, I could tell you. We're down a, a tangent here, but I could tell you, working in the medical field, that it's it's really difficult as a provider to not eventually cave into patients. Uh, I don't want to say demands, but they expect something from you when they come with a problem. Yeah. And usually in the form of a pill. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, well, I had this experience when I went, finally broke down, went to the orthopedic surgeon. And, uh, you know, he's like, I think, you know, you have, you got a T band problem, whatever you have, but you have this little bit of arthritis. And I, I get it myself. I said, well, is there a pill for that? He's like, not, not, not really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not really. 
Uh, and I said, okay, good. There's not a pill for everything. Right. <laughs> no, they just give you painkillers if, if you're having pain. Yeah. They're announced well, steroidals, it, right? Oh, you could take right. ibuprofen and, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, I guess that's a kick I'm on lately that, yeah. uh, I think our young, our young men are, um, just besieged by this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it depends on where you get your information. Uh, but you could still say no, you know, just, just do the right thing, man. Um, and you got to know the Lord, right? You don't know the yep. Lord. It's going to be really challenging to navigate anything in life. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not excusing anyone's individual decision making when yeah. it comes to being presented with that. Uh, but I think that, um, obesity has been normalized. Yeah. Yeah. Big and, the concept of there being literally a drug for everything has been normalized. Yep. And well, porn when I was a kid, when I was a kid, Playboy was your dad's was your dad's Playboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe one guy's dad was a little out there and he had a penthouse. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's it. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, God, I was looking for something the other day and I accidentally hit some porn site or whatever. Um, what the hell was I looking for? But something weird popped up. <laughs> something weird popped up. Oh, I'll tell you exactly what it was. And you guys can hold me accountable. Oh, boy. I was reading. It said that Beverly D'Angelo, remember from Vacation, yeah. the actor? Yeah. That the guy who played Rusty, the actor, <laughs> had snuck onto the set. I read the same article. <laughs> when she was in a show. I was like, there was no Beverly D'Angelo naked saint. That I can recall. She was in European vacation. She was in the shower, but I don't. Oh, okay. I, don't, I didn't see that. I don't think they Maybe showed her. I never, yeah, I don't think they showed okay, her nude. You never saw the European vacation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I never saw your. So, okay. Anyway, so I googled Beverly D'Angelo mm-hmm. shower scene or something like that. Yeah. And the next, <laughs> the next thing that came up. Uh-huh. Were you just to confirm? Were you at work? Confirm, were I you at work. No, sitting right here. <laughs> Just to confirm. And I just like, just hit whatever popped up. Mm. And it was some naked woman sitting on a bed <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> yeah. I said, wait, that is not. I was thinking like a, a, a foggy Navy shower scene, but right. I didn't remember. So I was doing the wrong thing. But I was like, no wonder these guys are just, I mean, how the heck did you could just, Get that? Uh. Like, with just click, two clicks? So he immediately I mean, rented the video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dred's had a crush on Beverly D'Angelo since 1985. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh. So, um... <laughs> You could try and get us back yeah, on track. Yeah, I guess I could, yeah, let's get back on track. Get back on track here. So, um, are you? Re- I w- one of the things I want to know. I know you're uh, an avid reader. Is there anything you're reading yep. now? What could you recommend? So I just I like to read. I'll start reading something like series, and I'll just I read a lot of fiction. So I read every single Joe Pickett book. Joe Pickett. I, I Do you know who that is? No, I'm not yeah. familiar. So the author's name is. DJ Box. Okay. And uh, there's about 23 of them or four of them. And I'm waiting, you know, with bated breath for the next one to come out. I didn't know what they were. And I read the first one and I started reading them like two a week. But they're, 
So all about a game warden in Wyoming. It's Wyoming, not Montana. Uh, and uh, he's a game warden in a small town, raising three daughters. I have three daughters. Uh, he's kind of a typical male. I, what I liked about it is, unlike the Reacher, Jack Reacher thing, it's completely unrealistic, right? Just, yeah. It's kind of male, you know, aggression porn. Uh, this guy's married, has a job, has a mortgage, trying to make ends meet, works for Lincoln Poops. Uh, he's a game warden, but he ends up, every book is about some murder that happens, and he ends up way outside of his, yeah. like somebody asked him to look into it, and he does it, makes the sheriff mad. It's, it's very, uh, you know, uh, formulaic, but he's got a, he's a real guy. He's got a, a wife he loves. He loves his daughters. He's a true and steadfast friend. Mm-hmm. And there's, to the degree there's anything political in it, and so I struggle politically, like defining what I am. You know, with why I call myself a liberal because, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a libertarian because I think those guys are nuts, and you know, so I like where do I fit in? And I love these books because they're basically about a minivan centurion. There's a guy. Doing all those things, loving and protecting his family, half the things he's fighting, you know, one of his kids is in danger or something. Asset to his community, preserves the wildlife, you know, fights off poachers, fights off, you know, land barons who are taking away, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But is a true, but is a true American, and just just really wholesome. And uh, I like kind of detective mystery novels because they make you think. Yeah. I think it's good for your brain. And, you know, there, there's no huge religious themes. You know, they'll bless the food or something, but yeah. uh, never talk about going to church, really. Uh, so I just enjoyed the heck out of them, and I, I would give them a butcher's word, man. C.J. Box is the author. I've heard of C.J. Box. Uh, I, I just I, and It must be popular because if you can't write 22, you know, volumes about the same story or same guy, unless yeah. people are reading it. Yeah. 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 And he, he's taking it from, I guess, the guy when he was in his early 30s, through now he's in his mid fifties, yeah. you know, just, and his daughters have grown and, uh, it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's valuable. I don't know who this guy CJ box is. Yeah. Russell read other books that he wrote about other characters. And I, I, you know, it's easy to read, you know, it's not challenging, but, yeah. um, I, I, um, I've been reading those. I just can't wait till the next one comes out. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I joined the public library because I can read, the, the fiction books, the nonfiction books, a lot of them I like to keep as just, you know, part of my yep. library. I keep, I keep those. Yeah. But the fiction I re- books. I read, I read fiction on my phone. Yeah. Well, yeah. Non- that's, that's even better. But I mean, I go to the public library and check books out and that's a, that's a whole series I could, I could jump into because I've read all the ones that I know I'm interested uh, uh, in at the library so far. So that's good stuff. I'm reading a book right so, now called um, Objective Secure by a guy named Nick Lavery. Do you know who Nick Lavery is? Nope, first time I heard that. Okay, so I didn't know. He was a, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah, he was a Green Beret um, younger than you, though. He uh, lost Chances his, are he would be. Yeah, he lost his leg above the knee uh, in combat, and he ended up getting back to full combat missions with a, with a you know, a prosthetic. Wow. Yeah, I'm just looking him up now. Um, you know, he was a warrant officer, it says here. Yeah. Um, what group he was in? I thought he was a Green Bray. He's certainly Special Forces. Yeah, so. yeah says he, says, 
Yeah, it says he was special forces. Yeah. Um. But I've never, uh, I've never heard of him for some reason. Yeah, I, I was just curious because I knew that you're, well, you know, not the same time, but you know, sort of served in the same capacity. So anyway, it's a good book. It's another book on sort of, you know, comp- goal setting and accomplishing your goals kind of stuff. So it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but in there, well, he talks about he talks about some of the stuff that you had mentioned uh, about like finding what you're really good at and and strengthening that. You know, sort of like your he doesn't call it dolphin and daffodil, but he mentions basically that kind of stuff in there and, and stuff. So. It's pretty good. Yeah, so a lot of the Q source, really a lot of free lead, really, is um, is going to be closely related to what I learned in in, in SF. Yeah. Uh, is uh, special forces is a is the kind of leadership style that we use in F three. Right. And so you can see why that probably happened. But the the way I learned to lead was first big army infantry. You know, and then uh, refine in, in special forces, which is a different kind of leadership challenge. But uh, special forces is much more peer leadership, which is what we practice, right? Yeah. And uh, that, so there's there's a lot of golf and daffodil in there. So I'm not surprised to, to to hear that. Yeah, similar stuff. That's it's good stuff. Um, so for about a year, the whole time we've been doing this podcast, we've been talking about you know grow rock and and the GTE events. And so we, the GTEs and, uh, and that, the fact that we have never done one. Yeah. So I heard you guys talk about it. Yeah. And so we had on, was it beauty from Cape fear? Yep. I listened to that. Yeah. And so beauty and afterwards we got contacted, I forget how, but offline by some of the guys down there saying, you guys need to come down and do the GTE in Cape fear. It's the last one of the year over yep, right. Veterans Day. And uh, so dial-up is going to do it. Spielberg is going to do it. I, with my recent back surgery and my spine problems, I can't get under a log and that kind of stuff. But I have been given yeah, permission. You, you don't, you don't, you don't want to do it. Yeah, and I got permission from Cadre Danny and the rest of the Cadre to shadow the, the overnight ruck. So I don't have to carry. I mean, I'll carry my water, but I don't have to carry, you know. Yeah. 30 pounds or more and I don't have to get under the log. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to, but I'll be able to do the King builder and all the other stuff. So, um, but I'm not going to be under a log, but dial up here is so Gandalf talked about doing it too. We might get some other guys here. Nobody from our region has ever done one. We've been trying to do it. So hopefully we get even more guys, but dial up, my man dial up here is going to do it. So what advice do you have for him going into this grow? Oh, okay. So, uh, to establish my bone of I, I think I did, 16 of them or something. That's a lot. Uh, total. Before I started Cadre. So I went on the log quite a few times. Uh, so, uh, and it's, it's evolved anyway, but there's kind of some basics to it. So, first of all, from a mindset standpoint, you just have to accept the fact that you have no control over anything. Yep. And nothing you're going to encounter is going to be in, in any way fair. So you're going to find yourself constantly thrown into situations where I, I can't, I have no dominion over what's going on and what's going on is not fair to me. I mean, that, that's, that is the goal of the, the, the grow rock cadre is to put you in that position. So, because we, as American men, we just don't face that. Yeah. Right. And that, that is the, one of the hardest things, uh, to encounter. So that's how we apply high stress. 
So getting that mindset, there's really no way to train to it. It's really just more of a, an acceptance thing. That it's, that's just the way it's going to be. That you're going to be asked to do things you don't want to do. Uh, you're going to be punished when you didn't do anything wrong. You're not going to get rewarded when you did something great. And that's all part of it. Yeah. And just grin and bear it. So that, that's kind of a, the mental side of it. The physical side of it with regard to how to train for it is pretty simple. Get in the best shape you possibly can. Be able to... I, I would train to the, the old Army PT test pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not they end up doing you know, hand releases instead of regular Americans, whatever. Um, but I, I would get to the point where I could do, say, 50 Merkins, good Merkins, without stopping, take a two-minute rest and do 50 more. This is a goal. Yeah. If you can do that, um, you're probably going to be pretty good. Same thing with sit-ups. Just old man sit-ups, you know, feet on the ground, you know, 15 50 would be good. I I run some long distance, but I focus on running, pick up my pace a little bit. Uh, ideally, you want to be able to do two miles, somewhere between seven and eight minutes, if you can do that. That's easy. For One me. of you guys is a great runner. Yeah, he He's is. A great runner. Yeah, yeah, that's the, easy yeah, for him. That, yeah, the, he could do that right yeah, now. The aerobic so. part doesn't concern yeah. me at all. Yeah, so that part is good. Okay. Now, uh, that's for your kind of general fitness. Um, now, a lot of what you're going to be doing all night is being under heavyweight. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think training with a log is necessary. When the Metro guys did it here, they spent a lot of time training under locks. A lot, and they still have them and still do it. Uh, it's not bad to do that, but you kind of need 10 or 11 guys, you know, and a lot. So the thing you can do probably the next best thing it's something you got to do anyway is you just got to rough miles it's it's just got to rock them and i would uh, rock probably three times a week i would rock twice for speed so say four miles try to do it in less than an hour with probably 50 pounds get to the point where i could do that and then one day, you know, like on a weekend, it's a good time to do it. I do this when I'm going to cadre. I do this anyway, is increase your distance. So I think ideally you want to get all the way up to 12, 14, 16 miles, which just takes hours, right? Right. But, you know, start with 40 pounds, rock four miles. Next Sunday, next time you do it. Do five miles, just do one mile at a time. Push yourself up um, and get yourself as, as into the high teens because you're going to be rucking all night long. Yeah. You're going to have weight all night long. And three rucks a week is probably good for that. Two speed, one one distance. Uh, and those speed rucks, I mean, I just keep increasing the weight. 40 pounds, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, 70 pounds, just incrementally. By five, actually, I do it. I add five. 45, 40, 45, 50, 50, you know. Every week, just put five more pounds in there. Uh, because if you can if you can rock four miles in an hour with 65, 70 pounds, that's that's going to be pretty good. And if you can if you can go sixteen miles um, 
with 40 pounds on without stopping, your feet are toughened up, you're going to be pretty good there too. Uh, in addition to that, there's nothing better uh, than the asymmetric fireman's carry, or the AFC as we call it here. And that is carrying two different weighted things, different things in each hand. So here we use cinder blocks and kettlebells mainly. Uh, different grip, different weight, different distribution. But, you know, a cinder block is about 40, kettlebell about, say, 35 or 40, whatever. It's not important. They could even be the same weight. But it's the, the size of them and the way they are, that, that's what does it for you. So we do a lot of that here. You want to also do that with your rucksack on, 40 pounds. And we also carry sandbags. So we'll have a 40-pound rucksack, 40-pound sandbag, 40-pound kettlebell, 40-pound cinder block and walk with that as far as you can and that builds up your shoulders and your forearms and your hands it toughens you up it builds up your back um the first time you do it if you've never done it you go 20 yards and you're like geez this is insane you know um and ultimately over time you just start building it up uh that you can go farther and farther and farther you will feel like you're having a hard time. I mean, it'd just be all you can do to do it. But that, it's hard for me to come up with a better thing to be able to do. That really will give you the, what, the power you need to be under the log. Uh, it really will. Another thing I would recommend you do is not just bear crawl, but bear crawl with your rucka, 40 pounds. We use weight carriers when we do this. So not a ruck, but a you know, a go rough weight carrier mm -hmm. with a weight in it. So mine's 30. So I, I do this with 30 pounds. Bear crawl with a 30 pound thing. Also, we do a bear, a bear crawl with the weight and the sandbag. So you're pulling the sandbag along. That is tremendously helpful to building up the kind of strength and durability you need, uh, for the go, for the grow up. Now that all being said, Ten years ago, I wouldn't train for them at all. Mm -hmm. I'd just go out there and gut it out, do my regular PT, and uh, just gut it out. And you can always do that. And I was in good shape and, you know, be okay. But the better shape you're in, the more of an asset you can be. Yeah. So there's going to be guys who get out there, and we call them the flagmen. You know, they get under the flag and they look for ways to get out of doing stuff. And there's guys that are like always under the log, man. When you're about to fall down, that's the guy that's right there and takes the bag off your shoulder. Yep. You want to be that guy. Yep. And the only way to be that guy is to have a margin of durability. More strength, more ability to withstand pain that's required. <laughs> 15 miles is probably a long way to go for a go ruck. So if you can ruck 18 miles, well, you got three, three extra miles in you, right? Yep. You know, uh, you're going to end up carrying 60 pounds, 80 pounds worth of crap. But if you've been carrying 100 pounds in training, well, you got margin. And it, it's always a guy like that that is the greatest teammate. We did one in um, outside of Fayetteville where Fort Bragg is. And uh, a dude showed up nobody knew. 
and he actually had seen it on the internet. And nobody knew this guy. He wasn't that free. And he was younger, and I was cadre, and I was looking at this guy. And he was just under the log, never said a word, uh, grabbing stuff, picking stuff up. We did the fireman's carry, you know, uh, because we had a casualty, you know, deal. Hoist the dude up, carries him, go back, gets another guy. Find out at the end of this thing, he was a Delta guy. <laughs> and he had come to that, the wrong place. Like, he didn't even know, like, what he had signed. This was not what he had signed up for. <laughs> and he's never said a word <laughs> all night long. He just kept knocking out. Like, when he realized he was in the wrong place, I said, why didn't you just leave? He's like, eh, I had nothing else, to, nothing else to do tonight. <laughs> um, that's just kind of the durability margin, you know? <laughs> and it was raining all night that night. It was cold. It was March and Bragg. We took these guys neck deep in some puddles and stuff. And this dude, it's nothing to him. Of course, he felt it. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. this literally was nothing to him. Yeah. Uh, but his, his leadership was just, uh, without saying a word, his leadership was off the chart. Now, of course, he's a 30-year-old guy in Delta yeah. with a bunch of guys that are older and most of them have never been in the military. But, I mean, I, I like that example because it's illustrative of what you can, you can get yourself, you can be as stout as you possibly can be going into this thing. Yeah. Or not, and go in and scrape by. Be a flag man, yeah. you know? Yeah. That 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 part is, is is up to you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be there heckling him the whole time. Yeah, so. I don't yeah be, that's right. I don't want to be the flag. <laughs> I want to be an asshole. You let that flag go. You. Dial up. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. Uh, it's the evolution of the GTE program is is amazing to me. It all traces back to OBT looking for a CSAL, seeing GORUCK on the on the internet somewhere. We had no idea what it was, and these guys show up to. Charlotte, I think it was 2012, summer 2012, 11 years ago. And they showed up. I knew 15 minutes into it what it was. I was like, oh my gosh, we had spent all our time rough running to get ready for this thing. And 15 minutes in, I was like, I knew exactly what it was. It's, it's the first day of Ranger School. It's, it's, it's a chunk of the Special Force Qualification Course. I knew what we were in for, and we were not ready for it. Uh -huh. And uh, But it was great great training so that that was the birth of it you know and ultimately we integrated it into kind of our leadership program um and it and now you know of course linus who came to us from gora mm -hmm. was a gora cadre yeah. is running the whole thing and just coming up with new ideas every second so yeah that guy's wild man <laughs> yeah and wilmington the cape fear guys they've done it multiple times mm -hmm. they will take good care of you yeah, we're having they're having the king builder on, on the deck of a battleship. So yep, they will take they will take good care of you. you that's cool. You're not going to be able to uh, sure. They won't <laughs> let you. <laughs> awesome. You got all that dial up. I got it. All right. I'll I'll be cheering you on, buddy. All right, man. All right. Um, so we've been going a long time here, but I do have I want to read uh, a tweet that you put out recently and ask you a question about it. So you said. 
Uh, I, my Shilock meets weekly, you were answering or responding to something, I guess. This is my Twitter weakness. But anyway, you said my Shieldlock meets weekly right after we do the hardest workout on my schedule. That means I often get pushed to physical failure, which makes it far easier to be transparent about emotional failures. You had tweeted that. So my question for you is, you can answer this however you want, but why does that make it easier? You know, doing you did this at a, yeah. the hardest work on your schedule. It makes it fo- right. uh, easier for guys to be transparent about their emotional failures. Why is that? I I think because as men, right, mm-hmm. um, we are despite all the talk of vulnerability. My criticism of that is because it's fake. Mm-hmm. We talk about it, but we we don't do it. It sounds good, but it's just a it's an over bomb, and mm-hmm. so I that's that's why I'm critical of it. I'm not critical of the idea of transparency. I'm critical of the, 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 the gooey idea of vulnerability because it's just a placeholder. Yeah. So as men, we're in our DNA to be strong and to, and to be an asset and not to say to another guy, man, I'm broke, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm at the end of my rope, right? Um, it's just not – and I – it's not cowboy masculine. It's not toxic. It's just how we are. Mm-hmm. We're just men, right? Yeah. Um, and the main reason is because it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Right. I mean, do you really want to say to a guy, I can't stop masturbating? Do you really want to say? <laughs> it? You know? Yeah. I think it's, is it, is it a sin? I can't find anything in the Bible on it. What's that? I mean, do you really want to say that? It's embarrassing, right? Yeah. So, in the workout before our shield lock, which is called short card, uh, where we do a lot of these things I was just describing, uh, I get embarrassed. I get pushed to failure. Uh-huh. I, I, I drop the block. I can't keep up. I drop down to my knee. You know, uh, I lose my temper. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm like, damn it. You know, uh, I embarrass myself. In a, in a, very profound way. So 15 minutes later when I'm sitting over coffee, I'm already embarrassed. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. The, the, uh, I'm not invulnerable. You know, I'm not invictus. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a regular guy getting older. With less testosterone and muscle tone than I wish I had. Mm-hmm. And I'm fighting to keep up. There's young guys out there. I'm fighting to keep up and uh, doing the best I can. I'm embarrassed. But then when I get upstairs, like the wall's broken. Yeah. It's not that I'm I it's not that I have to be transparent. I don't have to be transparent. I'm already transparent. Right. It made me transparent. Yeah. It forced me to. So it I it just works great. I mean, we stumbled on it. We tried different things, but then we we really scheduling, we said, okay, we're doing this together, we'll do that. And then, but, uh I think we started doing that short card because we used to do a 10 mile run together, but it turned into a race. We weren't really talking. So let's try something new. We started doing this workout, you know, because we thought we were too strange too. And, uh, for scheduling purposes, okay, we'll sit down in my office because we're doing it in the park garage right below it. You know, I mean, every, every Tuesday, because we had, you know, that's when we do it. One of us does disgraces himself in some way during the workout <laughs> then we can laugh about it mm-hmm. and you know that opens it up yeah yeah i i i i sort of knew the answer but i wanted you to to, to uh, articulate that because i think it's really important um 
F3 really allows us to become transparent like that because, you know, because you are exposing yourself out there in front of guys Mm -hmm. doing something really hard. And if it's done the right way and the guys, yeah, sure. We could razz each other, but we're mostly encouraging each other and we're all in the same boat. Um, sure. Some guys are more fit than others, but, but basically we're all out there sweating and getting dirty sure. and all that. So yeah, it, it really, and, and I know, I know you, you wrote literally wrote the book on this, but you know, it, it tightens those bonds of fellowship. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, yeah. can, but I, I, what I've seen, and I've said it before, you know, leading a lot of different men's groups, Bible study groups, book study groups, stuff like that. Uh, they're really good guys get blessed by it. No doubt. But I, I, this is a vehicle that allows, I've seen allow guys to help, help guys get past things, some struggles they've had, you know, daddy wounds, whatever it might be in their past, easier than it was uh, when, when you're not doing something like this. Right, right. So that's good stuff, man. I said yeah. recently, yes. No, that, that's my main, you know, my main, my main selling point on it is it works. I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. exactly sure, but I know, I know why. Right, yeah. That's good stuff, man. All right, Dollop, you got anything else for Dread? We've, we've kept him here for all over an hour and a half now. Yeah. That's okay. I've got some podcasts. You know, I haven't been doing any podcasts, so I'm like, you know, that's good. I got some time in the back. He hasn't left his chair. He hasn't went out in his front yard. No, he hasn't watered the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Although I might have to water the grass here soon. Nope. Nope. No, I I decided that this time I was going to, I was going to make sure I was, I didn't need a bathroom break. I'll be ready. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably hold us, heard us rat him out a couple of times yeah. on the podcast about that. Yeah, that's all right, man. No, it's uh, funny. I, it's funny. I didn't realize you guys knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I didn't recognize it. He's, yeah. you know, I don't, he, I think he whispered something while you were doing it. And I didn't know what you said at the I end. Was like, like, I give he, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. And it was, was true. Good. That Legend, was more legendary. attentive than I am, I guess. Oh, good. No, man. <laughs> pl- pleasure to have you on again. Truly, yeah. Uh, truly a great time. It's always good to hear what you're up to and your thoughts on different things. And keep being you, brother. I'm gonna try, man. I want. I'm not gonna be my authentic self because my authentic self would make the demons shudder. But I am gonna try to be. I am gonna try to be my best self. Yeah, that's all right. right. That's well. That's all we can with do. a lot. A little, little with a lot of help and a little yeah. better each day, right? Yeah, well, I really appreciate you uh, sharing all the stuff that you shared tonight. That was that's a it's it's fantastic. Do you have anything else you'd like to mention to everybody out there that's going to listen? Any more failures I want to get off my chest? Well, uh, it doesn't have to be failures, but you know, whatever, whatever you got. You know, do you have any other message you want to give out to guys? Uh, just in the general sense about F three is is uh, not. It's never been more necessary. Mm. There's never been more stress points on our institutions, our military, our government, um, universities, hospital systems, uh, anywhere where, where men are. Um, there's ne- it's never been more important. So um, I, my pastor gave a sermon a couple weeks ago. It was about witnessing and testifying and said, sit down right now and think of a person that needs to hear this. Mm-hmm. your testimony mm-hmm. right now visualize that person and i would say take that idea to f3 and say visualize the guy that sad clown that guy you, you know he needs to hear about it you know he needs a little more encouragement even a guy you might have asked before and put you off that one guy who really really needs it and just go headlock him again 
just that one guy. Because that's how this thing is. That's how this thing's working. Well said. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right. God bless Anytime. you, brother. Yeah. We'll make it a yearly event. Yeah. And if you lose this one, yeah. like it doesn't, you know, call me up. Let's do it again. All right. We'll redo it if we have to. Right. Yeah, we'll redo it. <laughs> we'll try not to lose it, though. Okay. All right, buddy. See ya. All right. Take care, brother. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week. And you can find them on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone. All right, guys.